Welcome to the Let's Ditch Misophonia podcast. I'm your host, Brooklyn, and I'm sharing how unconscious reprogramming helped me eliminate my own misophonia after more than 20 years of suffering. I'm also sharing how I support my clients using the same tools and modalities to help them lessen trigger sounds, alleviate the suffering they experience from misophonia, and create more joy in their lives. My degree in communication, coupled with my training and certification in working with the unconscious mind, creates a coaching environment with a unique approach to get you results. So with that being said, let's dive into the show. Welcome to another episode of the Let's Ditch Misophonia podcast. And today I'm going to be sharing with you how the same strategies, some of the same strategies that I use to eliminate my own misophonia and the same strategies that I use with my clients, how I applied those in my life to support myself with my medical anxiety. So as far as my anxiety goes, I'm pretty even out these days, pretty even keel, except for when it comes to anything medical. So like having to go to doctor's appointments, getting lab work done, having tests done, like any of this stuff, it just, it makes me really queasy, really uneasy. And so one of my providers ordered some lab work for me and I knew first things first, I knew that I needed to schedule those labs as soon as possible because the longer I wait, (laughs) the more that anxiety will build up. And so now I've learned over years and years, and I've shared this, I think, in some previous episodes, I've shared how I've learned that with my medical anxiety, the best thing that I can do for myself is to lean into that work and schedule it and get it done ASAP so that my mind doesn't have the space and time to create these reasons for me not to go. So I've also talked about before how our minds tend to, the things that we lean into and the things that we go out of our way to do, mind sees them as good to do, good to have done. And the things that we avoid, mind typically views as dangerous, a threat, things that we shouldn't do. So if I intentionally put off this lab work because I'm nervous about it, my mind is going to create more and more of a reason of why I shouldn't ever go and do it. So we can we can apply that with misophonia as well. The more and more that we run away from these sounds, excuse my voice cracking, the more and more that we run away from these sounds, the more our mind is, is understanding and implementing this idea that these are a threat. And this isn't me saying that you should just go through exposure therapy and lean into these noises, but just showing how this parallels between my medical anxiety and misophonia. So I made the choice to schedule these labs as soon as possible. And the thing is, though, the provider who scheduled the labs did not print out the paperwork for me. And so I needed to print out the papers to take to the lab. And at this point in my life, I do not own a printer. So... I asked my mom to print out my lab forms for me. And so I was driving to her house to go pick up these forms so that I could take them to the place where I was having my lab work done. And so driving to my mom's house, I could already feel that anxiety setting in. I could feel my mind starting to like obsessively focus on the fact that I was going to get my blood drawn. It was just like, that's all I could think about. I was getting clammy. 
I could feel my breath changing, like getting more shallow. And this was just on the drive to my mom's house. I wasn't even on my way to the lab yet. Like this is just how, how this stuff affects me. And so driving to my mom's house, I decided to play a little trick on my unconscious mind to help my nervous system regulate and just basically calm the F down, right? So I'm not like sweating profusely driving to my labs. So what I did on the drive to my mom's house is I was basically imagining or creating this reality in which my lab work was already done. And I was like, oh my gosh, I did it. I stayed conscious. I tend to pass out when I have lab work done. So I was like, oh my gosh, I did it. I stayed conscious. That was super easy. And I'm really excited now to get my results, which was true. I was um, I was more than willing to do this lab work because I was genuinely interested to see what story it would tell. And so I was walking myself through this reality and creating it as if I had already done it. And that allowed my body to relax because showing my mind like, hey, this thing is already done, then it had nothing to, in quotes, prepare for. Unconscious mind doesn't really understand the difference between imagination and reality. And we can use that to our advantage and it can also be to our disadvantage. So in this case, I was using it to my own advantage to help regulate my nervous system. So that really allowed me to just calm down and take a breath and I also intentionally focused on creating a regular breathing pattern. So I noticed that shift in my breathing. And so I intentionally shifted to where I was taking more normal breaths. I also was singing along to some of the songs on the radio, which helped me relax as well, because singing is something that I really enjoy. And so it helped me shift my focus from, oh my gosh, this is happening to, oh, I'm just singing on a car ride like I normally do. So then getting to, and I promise the the strategies that I'm sharing, I'm going to tie these into how they can support with your misophonia as well. So I'm driving to my mom's. I get there. I get the paperwork. I'm explaining to her how I'm a bit nervous. I can feel my hands are getting clammy. And she's like, it's going to be great. You can do it. So I get back in the car and I am driving to the actual lab. And this is where my body really starts to ramp up because it's like, I'm going to the destination to do the thing that I don't enjoy doing. Like, yes, I'm excited to have it done, but I don't necessarily want to do it. It's something that'll be good to have done, but it's not going to be great in the moment. So as I'm driving to the lab, I use this other little trick. And this is actually something that I picked up from RRT, from Rapid Resolution Therapy. So I decide I am going to distract my conscious mind as my unconscious mind is focused on getting me safely to the lab, right? So when you are driving, obviously you use both the conscious and the unconscious mind. So have you ever driven home from work and you pull into your driveway or to your apartment or wherever, and you realize to yourself, I just, I don't even remember what just happened. It's almost like you're on autopilot and you drove home safely but you like don't even remember the drive. That's kind of, so my body was operating on, okay, we know how to get to the lab. And so unconscious mind is taking over, whereas consciously I'm still like, oh my gosh, this is gonna suck. Am I gonna pass out? Like, I hate this. I want this to be over with. And so what I did is I employed this counting trick and I started counting from one to 10. 
So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and then two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So counting to ten and each time starting with the next number until you get to nine, ten, ten, and then starting over again. And so what this is doing is it's shifting my focus from thinking about the inevitable, thinking about this thing that's going to be good to have done, but something I don't want to do, shifting my focus from that to, again, regulate my nervous system. Because if I go into this appointment super clammy, sweaty, nervous, just like freaking the F out, then it's more likely I'm going to end up on the floor passed out than if I go in calm and just at ease. So I'm doing this trick and this counting trick is something that you can use as a distraction tool. It's also something that you can use as a reprogramming tool. And I'll talk about that in a little bit. So I get to the parking lot and I get there right about the time of my appointment, which I did on purpose. So that I'm not sitting in the waiting room for several minutes, just building up this anxiety. So I get there and a part of me, I'm starting, you know, I, I had calmed myself down on the drive there, but now that I'm parked, and I'm in the parking lot, I'm feeling that anxiety building up again. And so part of me was like, maybe I should just like wait in the car. Maybe I should just like hang out here for a second to get myself ready. And then I thought, no, I just need to walk in and check in and get to the waiting room. Otherwise, again, that anxiety is going to build up. And so I did exactly that. I got out of the car. I went into the waiting room. I checked myself in. Now I'm sitting in the waiting room and I know I'm just moments away from doing this thing that makes me super nervous. So again, I closed my eyes in this waiting room full of people. I didn't give a crap. I closed my eyes and I did the same thing. I started counting from one to 10 while at the same time trying to consciously go through all the colors of the rainbow. So Roy G. Bibb, like reciting them in order as I'm counting from one to 10. As you can at this and also regulating my breath, I should say that too. Also focusing on my breath and making sure that it's not super shallow and I'm breathing normally. As you can imagine, this is super difficult to do. Counting one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, while also trying to go red, orange, yellow, like that's very difficult to do. And that's kind of the point. It was overwhelming my mind and confusing my mind. And I I was doing that intentionally to distract from the anxiety that was building about this appointment. And it worked. I went into the waiting room feeling super clammy, super nervous. And I got myself to a point where I was really calmed down. I felt very much normal. Like, hey, I'm just here. I am just sitting in this room. Everything's fine. And when they called my name, I went in there and I told the nurse, hey, just so you know, I get a little queasy when I do lab work, which... I always like to let them know just in case I do pass out. They're not like, oh my gosh, what's happening? So I let her know, you know, hey, I'm a bit nervous about this. She's like, oh, okay, that's cool. She wasn't like the most friendly phlebotomist, but she also wasn't mean by any means. She was just kind of a very neutral, like very much, uh, what's the term I'm looking for? Oh, like no funny business. Just like, come on, let's get this done. I have somebody after you which is one of the reasons why I love this place because they are so quick. They get you in and out so you don't have time to panic and freak out. So she does the draw and and I'm good through it. You know, I hold my arm out. I'm doing the counting trick as she is, you know, taking my blood. And at the, sa- <laughs> at the same time, I also brought my own stress ball. So I'm like squeezing my stress ball in my other hand. I get through the procedure and I, I remember asking her, I'm like, can I, 
could I sit on the floor? And she looked at me, she's like, I don't think that you wanna sit on this floor. And I was like, lady, believe me, I have sat on many a floor after something like this. But I ended up just saying, you know what? I think I'll make it safely to my car and I'll just wait in my car before driving home. She's like, are you sure? I'm like, yes. So I get out of there, I go back to my car and I just kind of recline my seat. And I think I stayed in that parking lot for probably like 20 minutes or so. And the purpose of this was really just to make sure that I was safe to drive home, safe to run the rest of my errands because I was still... Like I was excited because I didn't pass out. I was like, yes, I did it, which is exactly what I envisioned when I was driving to my mom's house. Remember, I was showing my mind, hey, this thing is done and we did it. I was really creating the reality that I wanted and I did stay conscious. I never passed out and I made it through. It was relatively easy. I didn't create a ton of anxiety and panic in my body like I normally would. And also I wanted to take some time to really make sure that I was safe because there have been times where I've done lab work and I started driving too early and I had to pull over. So I really wanted to make sure I was good to go. I actually brought my own soda with me. So I was taking just a few sips of that just to really just kind of put my body at ease and and regulate everything. And I ended up actually recording an Instagram story sharing some of these very techniques and how I use them. So now that I've walked you through this entire story, how I got myself through something that normally produces a lot of anxiety for me, and if you're someone who doesn't have medical anxiety, you might be thinking that this is so silly. But for me, it's it's something that's happening automatically, unconscious, it's happening in the background. I am not choosing to be nervous by these things. It's just something that happens. And in fact, this is something that a lot of members of my family struggle with. We all kind of have different things that make us really queasy within the medical field. So just like misophonia, this is something that's happening automatically outside of conscious awareness. And yet I can use these tools to support myself, both consciously and unconsciously. I can use these tools that employ multi-level communication to help calm my nervous system so that I can go do the things that I know are good to have done. So with misophonia, for example, you are likely not choosing to be consciously frustrated by these noises. And yet, if we want to create a shift, if we want to shift the way that your mind views these noises, taking them from a threat to neutral, this involves some conscious effort. It involves implementing some of these same tools that I use with my clients. So that counting trick, for example, remember how I said we can use it as a distraction tool and we can use it as a rewiring or reprogramming tool. So another little trick that you can do is while you are consciously counting out loud from one to 10, this is distracting the conscious mind so that you can then speak directly to the unconscious mind. So what I do with my clients is I have them do that same counting trick while I am reading to them a script that is helping shift the way that their unconscious mind reacts to these trigger noises. Also, when I talked about envisioning this reality of this thing is already done, I was literally creating the future that I wanted to experience by showing my mind, hey, we did this blood draw and we did amazing. We didn't pass out and it's, we feel so good that we did it. Like we're so, we're just so happy and grateful that we were able to get through this procedure and really 
focus on and prioritize our health. Like that's something that we didn't, we, we hadn't done in the past and now we're able to do this. This is amazing. You can do the same thing with misophonia. You don't have to, in real life, in the 3D, you don't have to expose yourself to a bunch of trigger sounds in order to get practice and showing your mind that these things aren't actually a threat. You can move toward these sounds using the power of the imagination. Again, this is where we can use it to our advantage. You don't actually have to be in a room full of people whistling in order to get the exposure to that sound to show your mind, hey, we are intentionally moving toward this thing, so it must be safe. You can also use this if you're going into an environment where you anticipate that there might be trigger sounds. You can use this power of imagination to create the reality you want to experience. So let's think of a waiting room, right? Because a waiting room, for me, it was producing anxiety because I knew I was going to have lab work done. Experiencing misophonia, a waiting room might be anxiety producing because of all the noises of all the people in there. So you can, again, imagine yourself going for this appointment, sitting through the waiting room, using these techniques, feeling really calm, feeling really neutral, getting into your appointment, getting out and making it out of that appointment without feeling super frustrated, full of rage or distracted by all of these sounds. You can literally walk yourself through that reality that you want to experience. And when you're in the waiting room, you can use some of those same strategies that I did, counting from one to 10 while also trying to recite the colors of the rainbow. It's likely that you'll mess up. It's likely that you'll get confused, that you won't get it right. And also that's the point. It's allowing you to shift your focus from those things that triggered you to something that's more just useful, silly, fun, ridiculous, something that's going to allow you to stay in the present moment and stay more regulated, more clear, and more free. I wanted to share this today because the same tools that I used to rewire my mind's response to trigger sounds are the same tools that I've used to transform so many areas of my life. Unconscious reprogramming can be used to help you shift really anything in your life that you want to transform. And also these tools that I am using with my clients, I still use these tools even now to support myself, for example, with medical anxiety. So I wanted to share some real strategies and techniques that you can use the next time that you are triggered by something and also show you how, yes, I'm here to support you in lessening the severity of misophonia and also know that you can apply what we talk about in these podcast episodes to so many other areas of your life as well, which I think is is really cool. So I support my clients in lessening their trigger sounds, alleviating their suffering, and also it's amazing to see the other areas of their life that they improve as well as like a positive, exciting side effect of the work that we do together. If you're interested in working with me, I would love to support you. You can go to the show notes and you can find the link to join the Let's Ditch Misophonia community. Inside the community, you really get an idea of how I use unconscious reprogramming to help you get relief. It's a really amazing 
first step to really dive in and see what coaching with me is like. And there are opportunities for you to connect with other people who know what you're going through. It's an opportunity for you to create relief for yourself through the tools and the resources that I provide in this community. And each month you also get a Q&A session, a group Q&A session with me to answer any questions that you might have and to get you some of that one-on-one support that you might be needing in addition to those resources each month. So go to the show notes. You can find the link there. You can also hop on the wait list for my signature program, Rewire Misophonia at the Source. Round four will be launching toward the end of March. So you can hop on the wait list, be the first to know about that. And I want to thank you for tuning in to another episode and I will catch you in the next one. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Let's Ditch Misophonia podcast. I couldn't do this without your support, so be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Doing so helps others find this podcast and start their journey to relief too. And of course, if you'd like to continue working with me, always check the show notes for the latest updates on the programs I offer, and you can visit rewiremisophonia.com. Catch you in the next episode.